Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zivi. I'm the host, Zivi Owens. I am an author. My latest is blank, pub date March 1st, a novel. I'm also a podcaster, obviously, a publisher, a bookstore owner, and so much more. If you love books, you're in the right place. In fact, we call it the Ziviverse, or really, the LA Times called it the Ziviverse, and we're going with it. Go to ZiviOwens.com to learn more and follow me on Instagram at ZiviOwens. Erica Keswin is the author of The Retention Revolution, Seven Surprising and Very Human Ways to Keep Employees Connected to Your Company. Erica is a best-selling author, internationally sought-after speaker, workshop facilitator, and workplace strategist. Her Human Workplace Trilogy, Bring Your Human to Work, 10 Surefire Ways to Design a Workplace That's Good for People, Great for Business, and Just Might Change the World, <laughs> Rituals Roadmap, The Human Way to Transform Everyday Routines into Workplace Magic, and now The Retention Revolution, Seven Surprising and Very Human Ways to Keep Employees Connected to Your Company, were all published by McGraw-Hill. All three books debuted as Wall Street Journal bestsellers. When Erica isn't writing books and offering keynotes, she coaches top-of-the-class businesses, organizations, and individuals to help them improve their performance by honoring relationships in today's hybrid workplace. Erica is honored to be one of Marshall Goldsmith's top 100 coaches, as well as one of Business Insider's most innovative coaches. She's also the founder of The Spaghetti Project, a roving ritual devoted to sharing the science of stories of relationships at work. Erica lives in New York City with her husband, Jeff, three children, and her labradoodle, Cruiser.
Welcome, Erica. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your many beautiful, colorful books, which go perfectly with my office right behind you. I actually they do. You. It looks really good. Yeah, we have a kind of red, yellow, and green, but beautiful shades. Not that this is important, but because I'm holding them up, I'll talk about it. In my hands, I have Bring Your Human to Work, Rituals Roadmap, The Retention Revolution. Congratulations and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. In your books, you weave a little bit of yourself in as you tell us sort of how to be better at work and workplace and fostering community and retaining employees and making creating a great culture and like all the things that actually I think about all day because I am in it. So can you go back for a second before we dive into the specific advice and explain how you became this type of an expert? Okay. Right. You did not go back in the day, maybe not even now to college to become a workplace strategist. (laughs) But I was, I started in management consulting and loved it, but felt like a lot of what I was doing was sitting in a binder on a shelf somewhere. And I decided when I went back to business school to focus more on the people side of business, which I describe as, you know, helping companies improve their their bottom line, improve their business through people. And so I worked as an executive coach. I worked in, at Russell Reynolds and executive recruiting. I, you know, helped people develop performance management programs, all the different, you know, the stuff that for many years, and maybe sometimes people still say it now, is the softer stuff. And I would say in a post-COVID AI fast-paced world, the soft stuff is the hard stuff and the really important stuff. So that's how I, I got into it. One other short window is in 1998, I was engaged to my now husband and he asked me to go to Bermuda with him on a to a conference and I said I can't go I'm saving my vacation days for our honeymoon but I had a little square device thing back in the day which this shows my age but called a blackberry and I was like oh cool I could go with my blackberry and sit on the beach and work and help him you know see clients at night and I remember sitting in Bermuda and I said out loud to myself this is the life. This is the coolest thing. 10 years later, I added this iPhone for the apps, but didn't get rid of my BlackBerry because for those listeners who had one, it was the best phone. And I added a couple of kids to the mix and I'm walking around with my BlackBerry and my iPhone. And in contrast to that moment in Bermuda, I remember saying out loud to myself, I can't believe this is my life. Like trying to figure out the impact of technology on connection. And so Those really are the two things that then motivated me to really begin to look at the, I'm not anti-technology. I'm in, I'm in Florida. You're in New York. I'm seeing your beautiful office and we're hanging out and chat, having a great conversation. But I also believe that we need to put technology in its place and connect in real life, which hopefully we'll do one day soon. Yes. Actually, I'll be in Florida in March. So maybe. good. Okay, good. So when I was in business school, these were the organizational behavior classes. Is that right? Is that where you- Correct. I actually got so into this myself that I looked into doing a PhD, MBA, PhD program in organizational behavior. I was like, this is amazing. You talk about like how the people at work and I did like a whole study that got published and I was like so into it. But then I was like, what happens next? And what, I don't know. So I couldn't, I didn't have like a clear model for how to turn that into what would happen to that next. But anyway, you figured it out. So- Bravo to you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
And I call the, I love how you held up the three books. It's now the the Human Workplace Trilogy. That's what I'm- That has a, a lovely ring to it. There you go. <laughs> well, I started with Bring Your Human to Work. I don't even know, know if this is the right order. I think it was. But anyway, I started with Bring Your Human to Work. 10 surefire ways to design a workplace that's good for people, great for business, and just might change the world. So I have all these things dog-eared because some of the things I'm doing with my company, but some of the things- I want to do with my company and I'm not. In fact, after I read the book, I emailed my whole team because you talked a lot about culture and communications and inclusivity and like, you know, how to really live the message that you're saying. And in the book, you talk about like how JetBlue sets out this great example and of how they even make training something that becomes high touch and sort of ritualized and all these things. Anyway, I emailed the whole team and I was like, you know what? There's this event coming up and I hadn't invited the entire team. And that was stupid because I invite the team all the time to everything. Why this important event? Because of space, we're not going to bring them. So I emailed everybody and I was like, you know what? Forget space. We'll smush. This is this is our company and we're in it together. So anyway, that was directly because of you. So thank you. Well, I love it. And it's an example of living the of living the values. You know, I talk about the litmus test is you're at a fork in the road and you want to bring your values to life, whether it's the company, the department, your or even just if you're listening to this and you have a team of people. And you're trying to decide, do invite my whole team to this event? Do I hire this person? Do I fire this person? Do I have this person on my podcast? You know, whatever it is, your company values, your personal values should help drive you. And if they don't, you either have maybe too many values and you can't figure out which end is up or they're the wrong one. So I love that example because it's practical and you're like, this is who we are. And if we need to smush, we'll smush, but that's more important than saying, okay, we're going to make the decision based on the space. No, we're making the decision based on our culture and who we are and who we want to be. Yes. Well, the framework that you set out made making that decision seem very obvious and intentional. So that's the other thing that I feel like you put in the book so much is like thinking through. It's everything you do not only contributes to the culture, but really communicates so much more than you even think to the employees and what it means to be a part of the business or the company or the team or whatever it is. And how little things become huge things. And that's the difference between like making robotic, you know, worker bees versus bringing your whole self to work and like connecting on a deeper level, which of course then actually ends up improving productivity, right? Right. And retention. I mean, you have people at all different levels who got to go, I don't know what this event is, but, you know, this great event and they feel connected and part of the whole, you know, the next week when they're at some cocktail party or, you know, exercise class and someone's like, hey, you know, I I know about this job in some other company, that person is less likely to say, you know what, like I wasn't invited to this event. Like I, I'm really happy where I am. And that's exactly why, and you're right, you did start in the right order, but why bringing your human to work, creating a human workplace, living the values is not only good for people, but also good for business. And those two things are not mutually exclusive. Interesting. Another thing, not to say like, oh, I did all of your things because there are many that I would like to implement, like leading by example, dealing with it, tracking it. I'm not good at tracking anything. Oh, I loved your idea of that. I mean, we read books all the time at work. So I feel like instituting a book club at our company, people would be like, are you kidding? We read all day, every day. But all these are great ideas. And when I started this company, I was like, I don't actually want to work in a company. Like I want to... <laughs> 
have it just be fun. So we all have lunch like in my house every day. We leave our office and we come to my house and we sit around like a big table and have lunch and we don't talk about work. Sometimes it comes up, but mostly that you were like, what'd you do this weekend? What's going on? Tell us about your wedding. Da, 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 da. And I was like, why do I do this? Should I stop doing this? I was like, but I really like this. Anyway, your book was like, oh, this is why you should keep doing this. And this is how it's helping. And so anyway, that was also really great. <laughs> Well, that, and I'm sure you saw it's a theme in a, in the, a bunch of the books, but I mean, that that's the gold standard, I will say. So congratulations to that. And you were doing that anyway. But a lot of my work is inspired by a study at Cornell that was done by a, a guy named Kevin Niffen. And he was taking those organizational behavior classes, getting his PhD, which I did not. And he was looking at what makes one team higher performing than another team. And he decided to study the firefighters because his dad was a firefighter and he grew up in the firehouse. And so long story short, what he found was that the firefighters who were the most dedicated to the ritual of the firehouse meal of sitting around the table and building trust and shooting the breeze as humans, they saved more lives literally. And so, okay, we all are not firefighters and we all are not saving lives, but we all are doing important things. And to me, this was a goosebump moment. I knew this intuitively, that there is a correlation between connection and performance. And then this study really changed my life. And so what, I, what I've been thinking about a lot recently is it's sort of the, this is like the business case for community mm. that, yeah, we could all take a break and sit and eat, but the case for community is might take a little longer. We're going to leave our offices. We're going to sit around the table. We're going to hear about the wedding, hear about this. And even a, a senior leader in a law firm the other day said to me, you know, doing this, working on this, this mentorship program for them. And she said, you know, it's just human nature. Like if I have an associate who's messing some things up and maybe things aren't going well, but I know this person and I care about this person and I know who they are, I'm going to take more time to teach them or I'm going to cut them a little bit more slack. Like it's, it is just human nature, you know, excusing the, the pun. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Well, this is so important. And I don't know, I feel like I need to talk to you more about this. Like everything we're doing that I want to do is like creating community and community around books and community around like, to me, that's like the heart of why we like live and breathe and love. And this sounds so hokey, but like, that's it. Like the connections we make to other people. Well, I, I mean, yes, we should talk about it more because what you do I mean, so you have your community inside your company, but then you are creating, right? That's, we got yeah, connected okay. a couple ways, yeah. but I have a friend who was at one of your events in, I think in Miami, and you're creating this broader community, which again is good for people individually. I mean, I think a lot about, again, the impact of this technology, the good, the bad, and the ugly of loneliness and isolation on the bad part. But obviously we know there's a lot of positives. And so yeah, I think that the stuff that you are doing around your broader community is, you know, is making people feel more connected and is saving lives in a different way. Oh, well, I don't mean to turn this on to what I'm doing, but I just feel like using the tools in your toolkit and like almost giving myself a quiz. You know, this, the, these three books were like, okay, how did I do in this? And how did I do in that? I feel like it's a, a really good litmus test for anyone leading anything, honestly. I mean, you can apply it to a family. You can apply it to anything, like rituals of the family. Like, what do we do? Do we do Friday night dinner? Do we do, you know, like, what are the things we do every year, every week? Like, it's important. And then you, you're bonded. So you can apply well, it to Right. I mean, that's the science of rituals. Give us a sense of psychological safety, a sense of belonging, 
a connection to purpose. And yeah, we had cooked, my kids are in college now, so I, I didn't cook when they were home. But, you know, Taco Tuesday was our family ritual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd smell this, have the smell on Tuesday. And it, it's a, you know, longer story for another day. But I did have on March 14th, when we started quarantining, that next Tuesday, which was a Thursday, that next Tuesday, we had left New York City and it was Tuesday. So we made tacos. And like my mom had been really sick and she passed away in April of 2020. Like things were crazy, but I remember we had tacos that night and I could see my kids were, you know, younger teenagers, but they walked in the kitchen with their shoulders like this. And I could see just this, you know, rituals are very connected with your senses, you know, Mm. smell and taste and all of those things. And so it's these little things matter. And I bet walking into your house for lunch, I mean, there's just this feeling of coming together. Mm, I love that. Oh my God. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, wait. So that's the rituals roadmap. We also have the retention revolution, which, of course, it all ties into everything. The importance of keeping people and making them feel special and reducing the cost from a business perspective of having to replace people all the time and, you know, all of that. Basically, what you're doing in all of your books is how to treat people with and make them feel really valued. That's really what your whole thing is about, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was on a podcast and someone said, well, if you had to boil it all down, like, what does it come down to? And I just sort of stopped in my tracks and I, I said, and I, I get curious what your, what your reaction to this, having read the books is, but I said, just... You need to care about them. (laughs) Like, show them that you care about them. Like, let's not overthink this, whether it's inviting them to that meeting, whether it's taking a minute if you know someone's having a bad day, it's showing them that you care about them. And the last thing I want to say about the retention book, that book is, it's interesting because in this new generation, we hear a lot about it's so hard, Gen Z and managing people in this new generation, which my kids are in this new generation. They do think about life and work differently. And so one of the takeaways in this book is that you want to onboard people in a certain way and make them feel connected to your organization early and often. And you could do everything right as a leader, and there are still going to be people that lead. And so the retention revolution is shifting from this idea of golden handcuffs and chaining people to their desk and you know, maybe just paying them so they really feel like they're stuck and can't leave 
to, you know what, I am going to get them on board and give them these great experiences while they're there, help them to develop up, down, and sideways. Because often, especially, you know, I'm sure, you know, you don't have a huge company, right? There's not as many rungs in the ladder. So we need to get creative about how we help people grow. And then the day that they come and they say, you know, you know what, Zibby, I am moving on. We all need to take a deep breath and refrain from the, you're dead to me. Don't let the door hit you in the behind. And think about ways to keep people connected. Because Mm -hmm. when you stay connected, when you keep people in your ecosystem, you might get somebody to come back as a boomerang. You might get, you know, somebody to refer their friend. You're going to get somebody to buy your book. I mean, they become um, a brand ambassador. So, I mean, I could imagine, you know, what about if down the road as your company grows that maybe there's a monthly or maybe a quarterly book club for current employees and maybe people that used to work for you to keep your own, you know, Zibby Owens ecosystem connected. So I just wanted to throw that in there because it's retention with a little bit of a different spin or a different lens because we are not in the days of IBM and General Motors where people stayed 50 years and then graduated with a plaque and a pension. True. I like that idea. That's interesting. Not sure anyone would go for it, but I, I like it in theory. I like it in theory. And I don't, when, when I don't you want, want to make sure that people leave gracefully. I mean, that's a whole, yes. you know, separate thing, depending on if some, look, if someone, you know, cheats or steals or is a, you know, really not a good person, that's different. But so many times, like people will say, you know, it's not you, it's me. And they've moved on for whatever reason. And it's keeping them connected to the culture. I mean, I don't want anybody to leave. Nobody is allowed to leave. (laughs) No one's allowed to leave if you're listening to this. I feel like I could actually have a better book club of past babysitters because with four kids who are now, you know, (laughs) my older kids are 16 and a half. Sometimes they're like, let's talk about all the babysitters that we've had over the years. Remember that person who just, we just knew her for like five days. What was her name? And, you know, (laughs) at my girls bought mitzvah, we had probably six babysitters that flew in from all over, like, Yep. Though they're never leaving. We are in touch with them all the time. That's so, and they now have kids. I mean, it's awesome. Yes, we have that too. I actually just got an email yesterday from a babysitter who only worked for us for this one summer for probably two months, but we kind of stayed in touch with her. And it was nine years ago. She just reminded me. And she's like, I have this friend who's an executive assistant. I have no idea why I'm even sending this to you, but she's in New York, if you know anybody. And I was like, well, maybe I could use an executive assistant. So anyway, now I'm going to interview her. And I was like, this would be a great idea for a book. Can you imagine having either a book club or a get together with all the past babysitters? Uh, you know? it's, it's like a reboot of the babysitters club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. No, but yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. Do I want them all together talking badly about me? I don't know. <laughs> that, that's the risk you run. So Erica, what are you working on more? How many colors are we putting in this little series here? Oh, this is this is the human workplace trilogy. So trilogy is three. I mean, who knows? about a future book, but what I'm doing now is really trying to help organizations bring these ideas to life and make it real, which is really exciting. I have a a project in New York City where a company is literally redoing their entire office from having 250 different offices to, to 50, and they want people to use the space differently. So I'm working with them to create rituals. How do you get people to move around the space? How do you think about new and exciting ways to come together, especially when you're not in the office every day? Well, you know, you mentioned the word intentionality. I'm kind of obsessed with thinking about intentionality right now. And I have in one of my slides, I feel, and maybe I wrote about it in my newsletter this week, it was the absence of intentionality is a recipe for resentment. 
And that really is something that I'm focused on, that if you have a company and people are coming in all over the tri-state area from Montclair, New Jersey, to Connecticut, to Westchester, and coming into New York City, and everybody's coming in, you know, and sitting in their own offices and not talking to each other all day, that lack of intentionality is a recipe for resentment. They're going to be, why did I commute? Like that, what am I doing? So doing things like breaking and having lunch or doing an all hands meeting or doing a strategy session, these are the things you need to do, especially when you're not coming in every day. So true. Yeah, we come in three days a week. And actually the workspace is another thing that I had to change because we moved into this office but there were like kind of two areas you could sit in and we used to all be in one area. And after a couple months, I was like so irritated by every, like everything was just off. And I was like, I think it's because all these people who I used to see all the time, they're like sitting, it's not that far, but they're like, we're not, I'm not interacting with them. Yeah, it's different. We changed it all and put way more desks in one room and now we're all in the same room again and I feel much better. <laughs> well, space matters. And as you know, that's a chapter in the book too. And that that's intentionality. I mean, right there. So- you're doing but it. Do you think people do care? I mean, do you think that the clients you're working with, not anyone specifically, but are they doing it because, oh, okay, fine, this will increase my productivity? Or do they actually care? Because I feel like people can tell if it's authentic or not. Like, I actually care, but I really do. Like, I really, really care about my team. But if I were just doing some of the things in your book to increase performance, I feel like people would know that. They do know it. It feels like a box checker. You can get away with it for a little bit of time. And we're all busy. And this stuff is not rocket science, but it's also not easy. And it does take time to do well. Mm -hmm. And so you can fake it for a little bit, but eventually if you really don't care, pretty obvious. Yeah. Going back to your point, you have to care. You have to care. Amazing. Awesome. Well, Erica, thank you so much. So much great advice here for any type of person who is trying to organize any type of group, a teacher, a mom, a CEO. I mean, th these tactics are about how to make the people in your life feel valued. And that is so, so important. So I think the books are fabulous. And I'm going to keep particularly the first one where I have so many things, you know, highlighted for what I could do better. I'm going to keep that close to the vest. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. 
every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.